This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. <laughs> okay. Yes, it's, it's me again. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to be with you today on the eve of the fifth anniversary of the shooting of Mike Brown, which completely upended all of the entire St. Louis metro area. And that fire that raged in Ferguson kind of ignited a movement that went around the country. And for better or for worse, we are changed because of it. So welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being here today. Don't forget to share the show. Tell a business owner that you know that they can support this program and actually take advantage of our beautiful streaming audience. We have a great, uh, our numbers are good. Uh, and, and of course, I always want those million dollar numbers, but we have to start somewhere. So we have good numbers, advertising worthy numbers. And so we'd be happy to talk to whoever. Info at StacyOnTheRight.com is where you can email to find out anything you want to know about advertising with the show. StacyOnTheRight.com is the home of the website. And listen.StacyOnTheRight.com is where you send people, let's say they didn't catch the live stream today. Well, no point in them catching it later when they can just listen on demand at listen.StacyOnTheRight.com. Listen.stacyonright.com. You know why? Because if they go there, they can keep on doing like vacuuming or cooking or cleaning while they're listening to the show. In less than one hour, all the best news and information, commentary, bam, bam, boom, done. Okay, so you saw the title of today's show. You're probably thinking, you went to Ferguson today? Well, yes, I did. I absolutely did. So we're going to get to that. We are going to cover a ton of information in the show today. In fact, let me just run that down for you. Um, there's a Christian alliance that has now won in court. They do not have to worry about paying for contraceptions and abortions. Uh, there are four people who were stabbed to death and more critically wounded in a series of stabbings. Um, so I guess we're looking at knife control, not to make light of what's happened here, but obviously there's some lunacy that's about to be unleashed upon us. We'll discuss that. Twitter has actually gone so far as to suspend the account of Mitch McConnell because his campaign account shared video of Black Lives Matter activists calling for his death, calling for him to be stabbed, etc., etc., with the most profane terms, him and his wife, threatening them outside their home. He shared that on Twitter, and Twitter responded, instead of suspending the, the activists, they suspended his account. And then, of course, we are going to talk here in just a couple of minutes about Ferguson leaders uh, hoping that Project 21's blue, blueprint will provide hope and focus uh, for their efforts in improving the situation and lives for people who live in that. It's a, it's a beautiful little town. Um, and contrary to what I, even I used to believe it was like, I'd been there a couple of times. And then when I heard about the, the, the death of Mike Brown and how the reaction, everything that happened, I just assumed it was this horrible little place. It, it is a little place. 20,000 people live there, but it is a beautiful little town. Just, it's just lovely. And, um, it's even better now because they've worked so hard to improve the town because of all the negative publicity that they received. And it's been an effort that spans the entire metro area with people coming together to work on improving the lives of people in Ferguson. So I am so excited that uh, I got to spend time there today with Mike Knowles, who's their mayor, and also um, some of their city council members who were just the best people. They were. Uh, they they are. They're just I just was. We were having so much fun talking about our kids. I'm not kidding. Um, but isn't that what we all do? Like whenever we get somewhere, at least us women, we just start talking about our kids, and the next thing you know, they're talking about their kids, and then you feel like you know them and their kids, and then <laughs> it was like that. Uh, so first, I want to do the encouragement. Okay, so I'm gonna just tell you, I haven't been feeling as encouraged as I maybe should have feel have felt. And this morning, I was thinking about why I was feeling discouraged. And it occurred to me that there were some Bible verse that were, Bible verses that were applicable and that they would make a perfect encouragement for today. So it's not going to sound encouraging at first, but stick with me. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way which seems right unto a man, but in the end thereof are the ways of death. Isaiah 59, six through eight says, their cobwebs cannot be made into clothing and they cannot cover themselves with their works. 
Their deeds are sinful deeds and acts of violence are in their hands. Their feet run to evil. They are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are sinful thoughts. Ruin and destruction lie in their wake. The way of peace they have not known and there is no justice in their tracks. They have turned them into crooked paths. No one who treads on them will know peace. So you're probably thinking, wow, what's encouraging about that? Um, well, what's encouraging about it is that that verse speaks to evil men, what evil men do and what will happen to them in the end. There is no rest for the wicked and there is no, uh, you know, there's no place for them to look forward to in the afterlife if you're doing evil and, and shedding blood and et cetera, et cetera. Innocent blood. Notice it says shedding innocent blood. So it's not about uh, the death penalty. It's about abortion. If you're shedding innocent blood, it's if you're killing innocent people. So there's a few other verses. Mark 721 says for from within the hearts of men come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery. And Proverbs 618 says a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that run swiftly to evil. So this is a continuing theme here, feet running to evil. So it's not just that people are doing evil things or committing sins. It's that they are excited about sinning and they're running towards the evil. They can't wait to get there and, and partake of it. Isaiah 55, seven says, let the wicked man forsake his own way and the unrighteous man, his own thoughts, let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion and to our God for he will freely pardon. So the encouragement here is that no matter how evil or wicked a person has been, they can always make the decision to turn to God and God will forgive them. He will have compassion. He will pardon them from their sin and separate it as far from them as the East is from the West and give them the opportunity to become right with God. Um, and so that, that is, that's encouraging. That's exciting. Um, the other thing that I wanted to share in conjunction with this is that I was reading in um, Romans this morning and was talking about how we have to have faith in order to please God and that we also, and it was a number of different verses, like I was going back and forth over a number of different verses in a list that were all related to each other about um, having faith. And so first of all, we know that it is impossible to please God without having faith. But how do we have faith? Well, faith comes by hearing and and so basically the study of God's word. So if we neglect to study God's word, we're much more prone to have feet that run to evil, minds that plot iniquity, et cetera, et cetera. But if we actually devote ourselves to the continual study of God's word, it will increase our faith and thereby we will be able to please God because we will be faithful. So that's encouraging. And I hope it was encouraging to you. So welcome in to everyone who's watching on our many different streams that we have going on. Uh, so excited to have you here. Uh, I wanted to just pop over to the chat room really quick. Oh, yeah. So hey to Tracy, Melly, Smoke. Uh, thanks for being in the chat room over at stacyontheright.com. And then thanks to everyone else who is uh, on chat. There, there are lots of different places where you can find a chat room to partake in. You can be on Facebook and uh Periscope, we're back on Twitter now, um, et cetera, et cetera. So now that we're we're past that bit, um, why do we go to Ferguson today? So I've talked many times on the show about how we did this blueprint, a better deal for black America, and I've showed it to you. And we've talked about how that is just so important for us to to have in our toolkit. And so this morning we were in Ferguson and we got a chance to present the blueprint to uh, the mayor of Ferguson and some city council members. So Christopher Arps, who used to be the head of uh, an organization called moveonup.org, he's now a radio host here in St. Louis. Uh, he was there also, and he was kind of the MC for our event. He helped organize it along with David Almasi over at National Center, which I want to give my National Center peeps a shout out. What, what? Go to nationalcenter.org and you can find out more about, you know, who they are, what they do. You can look on the staff page and see what kind of little jobs we have over there. Um, so what 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 would be the reason why we would want to give this to the mayor of Ferguson? Well, we don't want to just give it to him. Michael Knowles is amazing. In fact, he's going to join us on the program tomorrow to talk about Ferguson. He's going to give us an update straight from uh, the leader's mouth, if you will, about what's going on there, what's improved, and what they're hoping to do. Their new areas of focus, especially since by then he'll have a chance to have read through the entire blueprint because it's that easy to read through. So we went over the key recommendations and areas of focus. Um, Chris 
opened up the meeting. I spoke for a few minutes. We had some local media there, which was fantastic. And in in the the all encompassing scope of things, I would say it was a successful meeting because even though Ferguson Ferguson is a tiny place, it's kind of a bellwether now because of what happened with Mike Brown and then the riots afterwards and then the way the town was able to come together with local community leaders from around the area and really rebuild. And the kind of can-do, I-refuse-to-give-up spirit that a lot of the business owners displayed was just beautiful and something that could be emulated. And so if they would be willing to look at the blueprint, maybe Lida Cruson, the mayor of St. Louis, the city of St. Louis, would be willing to look at it. And if Lida Cruson would be willing to look at it, maybe some other mayors of inner-city environments across the country would say, you know, this is a document that was taken to the White House. I, I took it there. Me, David Almasi, Horace Cooper, uh, Niger Ennis, we took it there. Um, who else took it there? Uh, why do I keep saying Niger Ennis? He's a friend of mine. Uh, it's Council Ned. Archbishop Council Ned was the one who went with us to take this to the White House. Uh, Capitol Hill. Horace Cooper took this to Capitol Hill to meet with legislators. If it's good enough for them, why wouldn't it be good enough for the mayors across this country of cities that are suffering from the worst kind of social demographics? Well, uh, it isn't. It is. It's good enough for them too. That's the point. So uh, we shared it with them. We left them with some copies for the remainder of the city council. It was kind of short notice. Um, our request to meet with the mayor, and he reached out to a bunch of the city council members and the ones who were available, who could pull away from work to be here. They came in this morning as well. And uh, I actually had a meeting earlier in the week with a, a business leader here in the area. Um, a couple of great stature. I was able to meet with the wife and they were, they, they're actually moving in Ferguson towards bringing even more reconciliation and opportunity to the children of Ferguson. So there are a lot of people who don't look like you would expect them to look since everything is about demographics nowadays. Everything matters. Uh, what color skin you're in, as opposed to what's in your mind, what's in your heart, what are your intentions, what have you accomplished? People are much more prone to just look at what you look like on the outside. But when I look around at the people who are pouring into Ferguson and trying to bring forward solutions there, I see people of every background, every socioeconomic, you know, divider. And and I see people with hearts turned towards the Lord who are saying, let me pour out into this area, even though I have no real connection there, I want to help. I will help. And when I do, it will make a difference for people that I'm, I may never meet them, but I'm going to do it. So, you know, there's, there, there's no hesitation there. So it was wonderful to be there today. Um, I really enjoyed meeting the city council members. If you, so if you watch, if you go to my Facebook, I shared the live stream there. You can catch my little, it was a quick speech that I gave. You can catch that and you can see us standing there together. Um, and I, I just was very encouraged by the meeting and I'm looking forward to speaking with Mayor Knowles tomorrow here on the program. Um, who is, he is an excellent person and really has the best interest of the people of Ferguson at heart. So we have just a quick minute. I wanted to also preview. We're, we're going to be hearing some audio next segment. Um, did you see the story about the New York Times changing their cover in the middle of the day because leftists and political candidates didn't like that their cover told the truth about President Trump? And then, um, of course, I'm going to let you listen to the Black Lives Matter activists outside Mitch McConnell's home calling for his death. I'm going to let you listen to them. First of all, they sound illiterate. And and that is me being kind. Like we could get some other descriptors up in here, but they sounded like people who have been just living in a back alley someplace and sheltered away from normal people. No one talked to them when they were kids or when they were young adults. They dropped out of school before they got out of middle school, that kind of stuff. That's how they sound. And that's really an insult to middle schoolers because I have, I know some very intelligent, articulate, beautifully spoken middle schoolers who would be like, well, what about us? Yeah, they they were nowhere near those people that I know, these ones. So you'll get to hear that as well. Um, I also I want to call attention to, I was over at the mailbox today and we got a advanced copy. We got a preview copy of Charles Payne. Fox News host Charles Payne. Y'all know I've been on his show many, like a million times. Charles Payne has written a book and there's a DVD, y'all. Y'all, come on. 
How to Create a Recession-Resistant Portfolio, a plan for never outliving your money. Guys, will we be able to get him on the show? Will we be able to get Charles Payne on the show? Will it happen? I think it will. Stay there. We'll be right back. I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to Discover. DiscoverTheForest.org, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. What if I could tell you that a full-blown wildfire was going to occur tomorrow right where you live? Tell you exactly which neighborhoods it would engulf and how fast it would do it. The first thing you would do is talk with your loved ones and make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a wildfire will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you make a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, Uglyville! Every ugly doll is unique. I'm Moxie. Bobo. Wait. Those close to me call me Slick Doll. Which is not his name. And every child is, too. They can be pretty lovable. That's why when you travel, you should make sure your child is in the right seat for their age and size. That sounds pretty great to me. Keep them safe by visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Isn't that right, gibberish cat? (laughs) Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Sometimes over the break, when I'm reading y'all's comments, I get so enthralled that when we come back from the break, I'm like, oh, wait, oh, second, that's me. I'm supposed to be. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> I'm back. Um, So I I want to just point out for um, I wasn't one of the people who traveled to Ferguson. It's it's actually about 25 minutes from where I live. Um, So it's not exactly right next door to me. It's it's I actually have to intentionally be going to that part of town. It's not a part of town that I go into regularly. Um, and I'd been to Ferguson a few times before. I'd been there to eat and other things like that. Just happened to. I remember giving a lady a ride home to Ferguson once from the the uh, grocery store. Um, and so it's, you know, it's not it's not like it's out of the question to go there. But it's not like I find myself there when I'm out running around doing other things. So it was interesting today to go because unlike me, Chris Arps actually did travel to Ferguson during the the riding and all of that when CNN was in town and, and Don Lemon was basically living here. Uh, you know, he went down during that time. I did not. Um, I didn't feel comfortable going there by myself when journalists were being attacked. And I wasn't sure if 
I would actually be recognized as a journalist. Back then, I I think I just had a week weekend radio show that was once a week. It wasn't even an assurity that I would get. Like someone would say, "Hey, look, there's a journalist." I wasn't. I'm I'm not a journalist now, um, but I definitely didn't go there. And some parts of me kind of think back, well, should I have gone? I just didn't feel led to go by myself. And I didn't have anybody to go with me where I felt like, you know, we can go down there together and be have each other's back and be safe. And so that's why I didn't go. Um, and people have asked me before, did you ever go to Ferguson? I'm like, ah, no, I don't think I did. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Anyway, uh, but I did do like 39 interviews from you know, out in the suburbs where I live about the subject matter that day, the day that the, you know, the fires started and the wee hours of the morning and people were wanting to know what was going on. And I had local reports and people who are actually on the ground who I was kind of in contact with that were I was keeping up with. Um, now, that being said, um, I just felt it was really appropriate because we had a little bit of news and information that was going on as of, you know, the fifth anniversary of the actual shooting, that it would make sense that we would be there with the blueprint, which came out about a year ago. You guys remember me talking about this on the show, but it came out then and it was just something that it was just perfect for this situation. And the policy ideas and suggestions in there are the kind that you can take or leave. You don't have to worry about giving credit or money or anything. You know, there's no strings attached like sometimes with government funding. So that just made it really important. Um, so anyway, thanks for being here. I appreciate you tuning into the show and and especially my podcast listeners, killing it. Keep subscribing and sharing the show. Thank you so much for being there. So we are now going to go into this story about the New York Times changing the cover after getting contacted by so many people, so many people, so presidential candidates, you name it. Whoever was mad about what they saw on the cover of the New York Times reached out and they actually caved. So now journalism isn't what's true. It isn't what's reported. It's whatever makes people who matter happy. I mean, can we even wrap our minds around that? Um, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm wanting to do cut one right now, but, um, hmm. I'm seeing some. The left and, and the hard left and all these candidates, everyone you just mentioned, have been trying endlessly to try to, to portray Donald Trump as a racist. They did it after Charlottesville. They, they did it uh, with El Paso. Uh, and everything goes back to him being a racist. Well, the problem is he's not. So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he doesn't speak out strongly enough against racism, then he's condemned. If he speaks out against racism, then you take away the headline and you put another headline in there. Yeah. This is the far left. This is the radical left that is clearly out of control. So that was Brent Bozell. He's the president of Media Research Center. You know, he's been a guest on the program and he has a, a great point there. The president is a racist. That's all they've got left, folks. That's everything they've got in their toolkit. If they open their toolkit of how to beat Donald Trump in 2020, inside are a bunch of tattered race cards, a couple that have been sharpened to a point that they can cut you with, um, that were sharpened up by Maxine Waters. And then that's it. A couple of old tattered pieces of what look like used, you know, uh, Kleenex. And those have the word race written in the corner in Sharpie. And that's it. The race card. That's all they have. Now, that would be more than enough if the president was an actual racist. But since he's not, they have to pretend he is. And anyone who dares to deviate from that orthodoxy has to be shut down, even if it's the New York Times. Now, Y'all know me. If I if I was over there at the New York Times and and they tried this drama with me, I'd have been like, "So, what else you got?" Because I'm not changing that. I'm not changing that headline. I'm sorry. Did you not hear me? I'm not changing it. I ain't changing it. How how else do you need me to say it? And what vernacular will you understand? Headlines not getting changed. He denounced racism. He called for unity. If you want to make up a headline that is accurate, that reflects what happened, please go right ahead and show me, you know, what, where it is and we'll investigate that and we'll put it up. Where are the people who have that kind of back, backbone? Where, where did, where have they gone? Where are they hiding? Are they dead? 
Where where are the people who we used to have people like that running newsrooms across this country where if people tried to exert pressure on them, they would say, if you want to have a newspaper that has headlines on it that you wrote, open a newspaper, start your own newspaper, buy one of these newspapers, and then you can make your own headlines. But until then, you going to deal with what we put out. I guess those days are over. So if you're an angry enough mob, if you're a loud enough mob, you can be the one to decide what the cover of the New York Times says. So that brings us, speaking of mobs, to Black Lives Matter. And this story is just, it's disgusting. And what's disgusting about it? Well, it's one thing to protest. And remember yesterday on the show, I read the um, it was a commitment card that Martin Luther King had everybody sign when they would want to come on and be a member of the protest. So he wasn't having any wannabe ancient of days Antifa members. He, they weren't coming on. They weren't going to be a part of his party. And in the interim, the idea was that, you know, by studying God's word every day and being really plugged in that not only would they be calm, but they would be effective. And, have you not have you not seen this, Christian, where, where <laughs> you're trying to get something done and you're just all discombobulated and you're trying you, you begin to realize that you're spinning your wheels and you just can't figure out. I can't see my way forward. I'm confused. I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling turmoil. How do I get past this point? I need to be productive right now. I have something I need to get completed. And then you remember, I got to plug in. So you take a couple deep breaths. You get in a quiet space and you pray. And you maybe even pull some scripture up on your phone and you just settle in for a second. And then God reorients everything for you. And then when you head back in, you're ready. You're loaded for bear. You can get the project issue handled, project done, whatever, whatever needs to be done. You're there for it. You can get it done. And so that's what Martin Luther King, as a preacher, he knew that. He was like, I can't have people out here protesting out of anger. And acting out of a place where, because they, they're, they knew they were going to get hit by hoses and they were going to have dogs ready to sick on them. They knew that. And if they would fight back, then the newspapers would be able to show black people in regular work clothes fighting with dogs and hitting police officers. And that was the kind of thing that they knew would turn off the larger American populace and make it impossible for them to achieve their goal. So instead, they decided that they would. First of all, be dressed in their Sunday best. Second of all, they would be rooted and grounded in the word. Third of all, they would pledge and promise that they would not be a part of anything that was violent or could make them look bad, paint them in a bad light, put a bad name on Jesus Christ because they were going out and saying, we're Christians, we're Americans. We want a part of what is just our normal right as being members of this uh, American family. It was brilliant because first of all, it was rooted in what God said. And second of all, because it took away the ability of the enemy to paint them in a bad light. Now take what I just shared with you and just put a pin in it. Keep that in the back of your mind and let some of this sit up on you. And I apologize, but it's all bleeped out. So it's, this is the best we can do. It's bleeped. Just take a listen for a hot second at these Black Lives Matters. And remember, just picture this. You're at home. You're recuperating. You've broken your shoulder. And then you hear this outside in front where your family is. Hopefully some out there with some booty dolls in these. Yeah, you know somebody is. That's probably what it is. Just stab the in the heart, please. Just stab him in the heart, please. This is what we have dealing with. So this is going on. Mitch McConnell takes some uh, cell phone video of it. Um, I'm not sure if he had staffers there at the house or what was going on, but video was posted on the campaign account. So you might be thinking, well, good. You, you publicize that. Make her famous. Don't let her get away with that. That's what you're thinking, right? <laughs> of course you are. You think it like me. That's what I would think. I'd be like, put her up so we will know who she is. And um, I'm going to withhold my personal comments because her picture is on here. Her name is Chanel Helm. She's a political activist. She has met with numerous high profile politicians, including current presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren, and she is uh, the Black Lives Matter Louisville chapter leader. 
So she posted video to her Facebook page showing a protest on Monday. She was proud. You heard her in the video. That's the voice you hear in the video. So several of these social media accounts start sharing her video. It's actually her video. So it wasn't Mitch McConnell's cell phone video. It was hers. Mitch McConnell puts her video on his Twitter account. So in response to the video showing this black woman outside his house calling for him to be stabbed in the neck, Twitter reaches out to McConnell's campaign where the video is posted on Twitter and said, take it down. And they said, no, we ain't taking it down because it's not our video. It's her video. Make her take it down. So failure to remove the video meant that Twitter suspended Mitch McConnell's Twitter account. They locked the account on Wednesday. They told the campaign it will remain locked until they delete the video. So Mitch McConnell, campaign manager Kevin Golden, said this morning Twitter locked our account for posting a video of real-world violent threats made against Mitch McConnell. This is a problem with the speech police in America today. The Lexington Herald leader can attack Mitch with cartoon tombstones of his opponents, but we can't mock it. So social media quickly recognized that Twitter was trying to protect Ms. Helm from the consequences of her own behavior, which is an action that only applies to people like Ms. Helm, AOC. Remember when they got rid of the little baby AOC? There was a little girl who looks just like AOC and she was posting these videos. She's like seven years old and she would post videos of herself talking like AOC and saying nonsensical things. And she had a huge following on Twitter. And so they doxed her, put her family's address out in the streets and people were threatening to kill her. And so she had to basically leave Twitter. So this is a movement that is connected to, uh, you know, Kaepernick, Mr. Nike, Jack, the owner of Twitter. Um, and they are absolutely deranged. So you got Ryan Svedra. He tweeted out also, Twitter asked me yesterday to delete this tweet. It shows a person allegedly calling for violence against Mitch McConnell. She appears to be a black Lives Matter activist who has met with Elizabeth Warren. I said no, and they suspended me. So they suspended Ryan Sedgera too. He's a blue check marked journalist. He also shared the messages that Mitch McConnell's McCain received demanding that they remove, in other words, remove the proof that someone black is being violent against Mitch McConnell, but they haven't told the girl herself to remove it. And, and admittedly, she probably has deleted it already because she she's embarrassed by what she did and how she's showing up. The other thing is how, so if we're talking about outside someone's home, that's private property. So I'm one of those people who I've already looked it up. And I know if, now if there's a certain part of your property where your property ends and the easement for the utilities begin, and then there's a sidewalk or maybe there's the road if you don't have a sidewalk near your home. So in some places, if, especially if you live on a main road, you can have people protest your house. As long as they don't set foot on your property, they're fine to protest. But as far as I understand the law, people cannot protest on your private property. And anytime it's private property, whether it's a mall, because malls are not public spaces, they're private property. They're owned by development corporations. So any development corporation who owns a mall can say, we do not allow protests here. And if you protest, we'll call the police and have you removed. If you want to protest in a specific area, the normal process for doing that, if you plan on bringing a group of people, is to apply for a permit so that you can protest. But if you go on to someone's subdivision, the entire subdivision is private property because the subdivision is owned by the subdivision association and the members of the association are the homeowners, property owners, who comprise the association and pay the dues on a yearly basis for the maintenance of the common areas. So I don't know what Mitch McConnell's situation is, if he lives on a private six acres or if he lives on a public road, but he has, you know, his home is on there. So he owns the actual lot, but he doesn't own the road. But if you're close enough for someone to be able to hear inside the house, that means you're on the private property because you own the lot that your house sits on. And in a castle doctrine state, Dot, dot, dot. 
I need to say no more. I think you understand what I'm saying. Uh, these people don't understand how the world works, which is, it's absolutely crazy that we can even have this conversation right now that people would think, I don't like Mitch McConnell, so I'm going to go threaten his life in front of his house while his wife is home instead of protesting him in Congress or, God forbid, the Senate or, God forbid, his Senate office, which is in Louisville, Kentucky. Come on. All right, we'll be back. Stay right there. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit SaveTheFood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Okay, man, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm at Stacy on the Right on Twitter and Instagram. Hit the follow button over there. Uh, fight back against the mainstream media people censoring me and trying to shut me down. I will not go away. I will not be shut down. Uh, so now I want to turn over to this story. You might have heard a little bit about it. And the reason I didn't dive straight into it uh, as soon as I heard that it, that it was a story is because I wanted to verify the information contained therein because it was so outlandish. I wasn't about to come on here and start spouting off about a Hollywood produced movie where deplorables are hunted down by liberal elites. But it turns out it's a thing. It's true. It actually happened. So they actually produced the movie. They have advertising for it. They found sponsors for the movie. And now they're actually having to, um, well, the, the advertisers have pulled their funding in, wake, in, in light of the mass shootings that just happened. So you have the deadly mass shootings 
And then the studio is actually reevaluating its strategy for the R-rated Bloomhouse satire in which elites stalk deplorables. Now, there have been other movies where certain people hunted down other people and killed them. I mean, you can go all the way back to uh, Jaws where it was the sharks who were hunting down unsuspecting human beings who were doing silly things like swimming in the nude and stuff like that. You can you can find that. But this is different. In this particular case, one of the characters says, do you see what our bleep in chief just did? The, the name of the movie is called The Hunt. Universal Pictures is the, the, uh, the production house. It's set to open September 27th. And so he says, did anyone see what our bleep in chief just did? And another response, at least the hunt's coming up. Nothing better than going out to the manor and slaughtering a dozen deplorables. In the aftermath of the mass shootings within days of one another that shocked the nation, Universal is reevaluating its strategy for the certain-to-be controversial satire. It's a violent R-rated film from producer Jason Bloom's Bloomhouse, and it follows a dozen Make America Great Again type people who wake up in a clearing and realize they're being stalked for sport by elite liberals. So over the August 3rd weekend, ESPN pulled an ad for the film that it had previously cleared, AMC ran the spot during the season premiere of its drama, The Preacher. So the one yanked by ESPN opened with a sound resembling an emergency broadcast signal. Then a rep for ESPN parent Disney declined to comment on the move, but an ESPN source said no spots for the film will appear on the network in the coming weeks. The Hunt stars Betty Gilpin from Glow and Hillary Swank, and they represent opposite sides of the political divide. The guns are blazing. Ultra-violent killings occur as elites pick off their prey. The Hollywood Reporter reviewed a script from Lindelhoff and Coos, which revolves around a third-rail political theme. The original title of the film was Red State versus Blue State. So before the original attacks, some reshoots were done, um, and the studio had actually... You know, they basically they're still in the tweaking final stages of the film. They want to promote it. So my question to y'all is. In what universe do liberals know how to shoot guns other than the ones like so Keanu Reeves, Holly Berry, uh, Brad Pitt. So basically 150 people in Hollywood know how to shoot guns because they trained with guns in order to shoot them in movies. And then the rest of the liberals are out cowering in the darkness because someone made a loud noise by clapping while they were seated nearby during a conference. These are the people we're dealing with right now. Again, you have highly trained, well-equipped gun owners who mainly lean to the right. There are lots of people on the left who own guns, but the percentages do not favor leftists. And then you have leftists who are actually, they're afraid of their own shadow. They're willing to throw a milkshake at you full of cement as long as they're surrounded by a hundred of their best goonish buddies and they're, they got a bandana wrapped around their face so you can't know who they are. But when it's time to protect somebody from the onslaught of gunfire, they're down by the police car hiding like old boy from uh, the shooting down, down in Florida. <laughs> Kids are upstairs being gunned down and he's down by the police car he's armed and he's hiding by the police car waiting for backup to arrive and and he's a leftist Broward County's finest so again and again and again we see you know NRA members are hardly it's hardly the most democratic bunch you're ever going to find constantly vilified those are the people who own all the guns and have all the training 400 to 600 million guns in this country and admittedly Democrats own a few And it's supposed to be liberal elites running around hunting deplorables. How do you hunt a deplorable when they wake up in the clearing and find themselves being hunted by a liberal elite and they reach down in their low back and pull out a fully loaded nine millimeter and reach down in their boot and pull out, you know, a, a, a a revolver, (laughs) a purple one at that. That's what I have and (laughs) pull it out of their boot and check, make sure their ammo is still right and then start shooting back. How do you kill the deplorables who wake up in a clearing and they're being hunted by these liberal elites, quote unquote, and they're the ones who know how to hide themselves in plain sight, how to use, 
you know, uh, bushes and shrubs to conceal themselves. They're the ones who know how to listen for the sound of people being followed. They're the ones who know how to track and, and are trained at finding this is a human foot that, you know, this one's wearing a boot. This one's wearing a regular shoe. This one's a woman. This one's a man. This one's carrying a child. How do you beat those people? Yeah, you're armed, but you're a liberal. You don't know anything about hunting. Remember the ones who hate hunting, they're the liberals. So I don't know why they don't call this gory universal thriller, The Hunt, a fantasy flick, because it's the only situation in which liberals would be hunting deplorables is in a fantasy. But it goes to show you the depravity that is going on on the left. And yes, human beings are depraved. So there's going to be depravity. You're going to find it yither and non. It's, just, it's not about that specifically. But who who's making this movie? It's, it's, this is not an NRA production. It's not an Ackerman McQueen production. This isn't coming straight out of, you know, uh, pure flicks. This is liberal Hollywood saying, you know what? You Trump supporters deserve to be hunted down like animals and killed. And we're going to put that into a film or we're going to put it out on the on the screens. And maybe someone will take us up on it. Maybe someone will go hunt down some MAGA hat wearing deplorables. And, and my only advice to you is, should you choose to execute that very, very poorly thought out Silly idea. Consider the prey. Consider. You ain't well trained. You don't know what you're going for. Just stop. Just just stop acting like just because you watched a whole bunch of movies with Keanu Reeves and he was killing a bunch of folk doesn't make you well trained. Come on. I, I, I'm actually, I mean, I'm just like, it's kind of shocking. So Comcast is a part of this whole thing. Um, because Comcast, I believe, owns Universal. And you might be wondering, well, Stacey, I mean, is it that big of a deal? Maybe you end up siding with the deplorables in the movie. Well, I'm sure you do. I mean, I would. But they spent $18 million making this flick. It pushes the notion that it's okay to kill people for their political beliefs. Now, they're busy calling the president uh, an exterminator. But they're making movies like this unbelievable so in other news I mean because I, I just have to move on from that in other news the White House is circulating drafts of, of a proposed executive order that would address allegations of anti-conservative bias by social media companies and this is per a White House official and two other people familiar with the matter this is a month after President Trump pledged to explore all regulatory and legislative solutions on the issue So nobody was willing to describe the contents of the order, but one person cautioned the order has taken many different forms so far and is still in flux. But its existence and the deliberations around it are evidence that the administration is taking a serious look at wielding the federal government's power against Silicon Valley, which it would be wise to do so now before they get their their plans complete for 2020. They're clearly planning on influencing the election. And, you know, I have had people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, are you on Parlay? Well, I'm not because I was on Gab and they've now shut Gab down, um, completely marginalized it and made it impossible to to work. And they're going to do the same thing to Parlay. They're not going to allow another social media alternative to crop up. So the answer is to make them behave. And if we have to use the strong arm of the federal government to do it, then that's just what we have to do. The end. Um, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to call into the show today. Um, and I was going to pop over to the chat room one more time. Call into the show at 866-766-1776. 866-766-1776. So one of the conversations that's going on in the chat room is, uh, a ton of people are talking about um, <laughs> how the liberals need therapy dogs and safe spaces. <laughs> and um, people are actually laughing about the Antifa getting set up by the deplorables. You know, um, haven't you ever watched a film in which someone who thinks they're a really good hunter goes after some people and those people turn out to be, you know, trackers and wildlife experts and they use the terrain against them and then eventually end up with the actual 
the person who's doing the hunting, they end up with their gun and, you know, basically they have that person at gunpoint. I mean, if you watch Lost at all, you know, Lost from way back in the day, um, that TV series that was just like out of this world. If you watched it at all, you know that your survival depends largely when you're out in the woods and the situation, the hunt, the movie has these people out in a, in a, you know, basically a hunting environment. They call it the manor. Your ability to hunt someone down is predicated upon your own skill, the array of, you know, weapons and things that you have, your, your resources, your knowledge of the terrain and the people that you're actually trying to hunt, quote unquote, and the circumstances by which the people who you're hunting, and in other words, they're, they're get up and go, their will to live. Have you not heard stories of small women, you know, very small, wiry, not big men prevailing against really big people who are assaulting them? And they, they're able to win, not because they have the upper hand or advantage on size or strength, but because they are determined not to die. Have you, have you never heard of that? And so if I would say, if you lined up, you know, a thousand people and half of them were wearing MAGA hats and the other half were wearing those rainbow shirts or dressed in drag or, you know, sucking on a, a lollipop or using adult coloring books, I would say the ones with the will to live would be over on the side where the MAGA hats were found. They, there, there's just no accounting for what someone will do if they're determined not to die. So the, but again, this whole conversation, this whole conversation is one that can only be had with people who understand what it is to have the will to live. People who have the will to live are willing to protect themselves. They're willing to protect other people. They're willing to buy a firearm, buy ammunition, get trained. They're willing to get a concealed carry permit. They're willing to take advanced training. They're willing to read articles about guns. They're willing to watch YouTube videos about firearm safety. They're willing to tell other people, you should probably buy a gun. You should probably own firearms. You have children. You should have some home protection outside of an alarm. You know, you should secure your dwelling place. It seems like your your dwelling is unsafe. People have the will to live. That's what they sound like. That's what they look like. And they're not easy to hunt and kill. Now, of course, you can have the element of surprise. But even that diminishes with the will to live of the person who you claim to be able to surprise. So it's not going to be easy pickings. If, if liberals are out there and they think they're going to be able to just pick off conservatives, Y'all are only strong in large groups with masks on. One-on-one, you're going down. And if you decide you're going to take up the hunt, it's, it's just as if the liberals want to set up lots of these mass shootings and, and, and murderous situations. It's as if they want more of it. Because why would they put a movie out that would present this idea that you kill people for their political beliefs? Why would they put that out? They're not ready for the response. They're not ready. They are not ready. And I say that as a Bible-believing Christian. Let's pray for our nation, everybody. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. Back with you tomorrow, live from the heartland, Righteously American.